Hi TYT, it's Katie Halper coming to you from the YouTube studios in Chelsea, Manhattan. Really excited to be talking to Zephyr Teachout, a renaissance woman, of anti-corruption renaissance woman. She was a death penalty lawyer, she's a legal scholar, a professor of law at Fordham University. She takes on corruption and political um, malfeasance and Wall Street whenever she can. And she ran a very successful race against Cuomo for the Democratic primary for governor came much closer to beating him than anyone had expected. So she was kind of an insurgent candidate. And now she's running for attorney general. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I, I am so happy to be here. Can you tell us about how you decided to run for attorney general? The attorney general's job uh, in New York, in particular, um, may be the most important legal job in the country right now. Partly because Donald Trump is you know, openly opposed to the rule of law. He's sort of making this open assault. Um, but also because we have these incredible rollbacks with the Republican Congress. Uh, every few weeks, there's another rollback of financial protections, of environmental protections. And what that means is that states have to step up and actually re-regulate Wall Street re-regulate, make sure that we're protected from um, big fossil fuel companies. And because the center of finance and the center, all the money's flowing through New York, New York is, um, the New York Attorney General's office is really the backstop protecting against the Trump and Republican um, and neoliberal threat coming from Washington. Okay, this, I didn't plan to ask you this, but uh, you're perfect for me to ask this too. What could you give us a little bit of a kind of uh, blurb about what neoliberalism is? <laughs> I know it's like four hours later. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, here, here's the key thing to understand. In the beginning of the 1980s, when Ronald Reagan came to power, uh, there were two big movements that Reagan represented. One was the war on drugs criminalize all kinds of behavior, you know, lock up huge populations, this really aggressive um, prosecutorial move. And the other was stop going after uh, big banks, stop enforcing antitrust, stop regulating. So you have these two things come together, um, let big companies um, basically uh, live and, and operate outside of really sensible regulations and at the other t on the other hand um, really move down the path towards mass incarceration. So I think at this moment there's an incredible sleeping giant waking up in the country that it wants to reverse both of those. Okay. Which is to say we actually have our, our eyes on the wrong target. Um, instead of war on drugs, we should be decriminalizing marijuana, uh, we should be reforming our criminal justice system, uh, we should be, to get into the weeds a little bit, ending cash bail, um, <laughs> really pushing for speedy trials, and developing a culture where we treat everybody with dignity, regardless of their race, regardless of whether they have debt or uh, a real addiction problem. And then on the other hand, take a look at these big companies and big banks that are kind of trying to govern us. It's time for a new 21st century trust busting. Let's take on um, big industries and make sure they don't basically take over the regulatory sphere. So there's this kind of myth or this idea that um, 
capitalism or big business kind of operates on its own and, and free market is a free market, but how much is government actually involved in kind of um, enabling or empowering these businesses that, that claim to be kind of just, un, you know, the natural economic law? Yeah. I mean, every market has rules that allow that market to work. Just the simplest rules, like a rule against stealing and somebody who can enforce the rule against stealing. And you don't have a free or open, uh, vibrant market if there's no rules against stealing. Um, but the rule against stealing isn't the only rule. And so good, open, free markets actually have really clear, um, enforceable rules. And one of the most important of those rules that has lied, that has lain dormant <laughs> for really 40 years is antitrust. Um, if one player starts to take over the market, it's no longer an exchange. Um, it is instead a form of dominance. And we see that with big cable. We've uh, seen that with big banks. Um, we see that with companies like Monsanto that own uh, over 80% of the seeds in uh, corn and soy, that's no longer actually an open market. Um, so one of the things that I care about is reviving antitrust and the New York Attorney General's office can play a really critical role there. So is it an issue of enforcement or actually changing the law? It's both. Um, what you've seen is uh, the federal regulators have not been aggressive enforcers. I mean, that's a polite way to put it. <laughs> they really, you know, think of it as they basically, uh, uh, there's all these tools and they leave most of the tools unused. Um, partly because of a deep belief that it's all gonna work its, itself out. And that the only thing that really matters is consumer price, not freedom, uh, not dominance in a market. Uh, that's a false belief, it hasn't worked, it hasn't worked for people buying things, and it certainly hasn't worked for workers. There's a really important um, report that came out this year as part of a series of economic reports showing that what some of us have long suspected is that in more concentrated markets, wages go down. Mm. But just think about it. If you're a worker and you're negotiating with one right. company, you don't have a lot of negotiating power. Um, so there's been a lack of enforcement at the federal level the state level, there's this huge opportunity to step up. Uh, in some areas, I think we also will need to um, uh, pass new laws. So I think it's a combination. But the first step is realizing that we're not impotent. I think a lot of right. people have felt like this is just how markets work. They, they have to concentrate. Uh, it's the natural, as, as you said, it's the natural uh, uh, state of affairs for big to get bigger, to get bigger, to get bigger. And there's nothing natural about that at all. It's, it's a choice, it's a political choice. Yeah. And what will you do vis-a-vis -vis Donald Trump as Attorney General? Well, uh, Trump has been, this past week, um, making a lot of noises about saying that he can pardon himself. His lawyers say, uh, that he cannot, this is a truly extraordinary statement, that he cannot violate obstruction of justice statutes because he is the law itself, and so he can't obstruct himself. I mean, this is actually an argument for tyranny, mm. for arbitrary, unchecked power. 
But he's also been signaling that he might be willing to pardon um, associates of his in order to protect himself. So a self-serving pardon. One of the things that uh, the New York State Attorney General can do um, and uh, states across the country can do is be clear that um, in the exceptional case of a self-serving presidential pardon, um, we will not be cowed into not pursuing um, state crimes that those same uh, people who are pardoned uh, might have committed. Okay. Do you want me to explain that a little more? Uh, yeah, a little okay. bit, yeah. yeah. So um, presidential pardons only cover a pardon for federal offenses. Okay. They don't, the president can't come into New York State and say, Katie, I pardon you for, you know, uh, whatever you've yeah. been <laughs> convicted of, right? right? Um, under New York State law. Graffiti. Yes. Say, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, why not? Make it artistic. Um, yeah. So the president can't pardon you for a state crime, only for federal crimes. Okay. Now, under New York law, um, uh, there's an important double jeopardy protection, which says the state isn't going to prosecute you for something you've already um, been found guilty of or acquitted of on the federal level. Okay. That's a really important protection. Um, however, if Donald Trump pardons an associate to protect himself, and that associate is guilty of other acts in New York State that are different right. than the thing he was pardoned of, then we in New York, or people, or prosecutors and attorney generals elsewhere, um, should be ready to say we're not going to allow um, those that self-serving pardon to bar right. bar appropriate prosecutions. So it's no longer double jeopardy if it's actually a different crime. If it's a different act. Different yeah, act. that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even go to law school then. <laughs> that was great. Although I wa I've always wanted to. Actually. Yeah. There is a law, there is a, a proposal in the legislature, which I support, which would also allow for um, a very narrow um, exception to New York State's double jeopardy law in the occasion of a self-serving pardon by the president. Okay. And I think that's also important, again, to protect the rule of law. Right. But it's really important for us in New York to say, Donald Trump, you do not have a get out of jail card that you can just pass out um, in order to protect yourself. We actually believe in the rule of law. And if you're violating New York law, we're going to enforce New York law. And can you tell us the violations or do you have to keep them secret so that you don't give it away so he doesn't prepare? Um, uh, look, the job of the attorney general um, is to enforce the law, whether somebody is uh, the head of a big bank <laughs> or uh, some working at that bank. And uh, I would be looking at those violations the same way as I would right. look at any other criminal law violations. What's important to understand is that New York has very extensive laws against bank fraud larceny, money laundering, bribery, obstruction of governmental officials. So there's a set of laws that, that one might look at um, depending on uh, the circumstance. Uh, there are specific uh, jurisdictional standards, but the connection to New York is important. Okay. And there's uh, certainly 
reason to ask questions about some press reports that suggest that there uh, may have been illegal activity here in New York. Okay, yeah. so you're on notice, Donald. Um, so there are two things, right, that, that Democrats can do. One of them is go after and fight against um, Donald Trump. And then mm -hmm. on the other side, there's building an actual movement. Absolutely, yeah. So can you talk about that part, yeah. which <laughs> yes. I think is missing for a lot of, from a lot of Democrats? Yeah, I mean, we are at this, uh, we're in a revolutionary moment right now. Uh, people are really looking for a new positive vision for the state and for this country. And a huge part of that is um, putting, making sure that we do not allow um, big businesses, people with close ties to political figures, have one set of laws that apply to them and a different set of laws that apply to the rest of, rest of us. Um, the role that attorney generals can play in that is twofold. One is making sure we follow the rule of law and are willing to investigate and willing to ask questions even of people at the highest pinnacles of power. Um, that means a lot to people. In New York State, right. that means being willing to investigate um, real estate when there are questions. You know, big real estate has a lot of power in New York State, a lot of power. In, I was just reading a report that said in 2013 to 2014, so right before the last big state elections, uh, 10 uh, big real estate empires donated over $6 million to New York politics. One of the things that I'll do as attorney general, um, and anybody who knows me knows I'm independent, <laughs> is if there's questions about any of those real estate empires, we'll go follow where the, we'll follow where the facts lead. Right. We'll investigate. I will work fast, we'll follow leads, and we're not going to be scared away of lead, uh, scared away from leads because they're close to power. Besides taking on um, big corporate monopolies, and I think taking on and having the guts to take on big corporate monopolies is incredibly important. Not in the abstract, in real legal actions, in real political actions. And a revived Democratic Party is going to no longer be tied at the hip to big donors, yeah. but say. No, we're actually fighting for the little guy. Right. So what could the attorney general do about Donald Trump? Well, one of the most important things is sitting right in the middle of New York City, which is we have ongoing violations of the United States Constitution right here in New York by way of Trump's, uh, the Trump Organization and Trump businesses. Um, it is against the uh, emoluments clauses of the United States Constitution. It's a violation for an officer of the United States, including the president, to take any kind of benefit from a foreign government. Right now, today, the Chinese government controls the, uh, the largest bank in China, the commercial industrial bank in China, which has rent, uh, which pays rent to Donald Trump on the 20th floor of Trump Tower. There are foreign diplomats who are uh, paying to Trump businesses. There are uh, uh, countries from around the world who are putting their cash into Trump's pocket by way of the 
500 or so businesses that are controlled by the Trump Organization. And the Trump Organization is located here in New York. Right. So we have a constitutional violation happening here in New York. The New York Attorney General can, and when I am Attorney General, I will, sue um, President Trump asking for an injunction saying he has to divest those business interests that are taking foreign money to stop violating the Constitution. Now, if you think that sounds far-fetched, the Attorney General of Maryland and the Attorney General of Washington, D.C. have brought that suit. A court in Maryland has found that they have the right to bring that suit. And there is oral argument happening next week wow. on, on that very lawsuit. It's a little bit egg on our face that we aren't bringing that suit in New York where the Trump businesses and so much of the illegality is happening. So that's just one example right. that we already know on its face, flagrant violation of the Constitution, flagrant illegality by the president in the way he uses his businesses. But I think this reflects something that's even bigger than this particular suit, which is that when there is evidence of unlawful behavior on the behalf of a public official, somebody like Donald Trump, it's important to look to follow the money. Mm -hmm. Follow the money. Look at the businesses where there's evidence of um, business illegality. Use the extraordinary powers of the New York Attorney General to investigate that business illegality. There are provisions of um, uh, New York statutes that give the Attorney General a special role in protecting the integrity of business operations in New York. Uh, if you want to learn a little Latin, <laughs> one of them is Business Law 1101, but it comes out of an ancient writ called Quo Oronto, meaning by what authority? By what authority do you operate? And it gives the New York Attorney General the power to investigate when there's evidence, um, uh, whether businesses are essentially running via fraud. There's another key provision that also gives the Attorney General um, the power, specifically the Attorney General, as, uh, as the protector of the integrity of New York businesses, <laughs> the power to investigate illegality, unconstitutional and illegal behavior of businesses operating in New York. So the New York Attorney General has a job not just to call out the official presidential actions of Trump, although that is a critical job to stand up against the Muslim ban, mm -hmm. um, to stand up against the illegal EPA rollbacks. Those are really important lawsuits. But also to not merely be defensive, but right. to actively investigate business illegality. So are these things that could lead to a, like impeachment or are these just things that could kind of inconvenience Trump's businesses? Donald Trump having to choose between his businesses and his presidency would be a very significant choice from uh, what we all know about the president. Right. Um, Though he's a great negotiator, he could maybe try to negotiate yes. something where he does both. You can't negotiate with a, with a right. uh, direct court order saying that you're violating the Constitution. A and we in the country shouldn't allow for that negotiation. Right. Because this isn't just a technical rule. This is protecting the integrity of our trade decisions. This is protecting the integrity of our military decisions. When um, the United States makes a military decision, we do not want to be sitting there with a question mark next to it saying, is that a decision we made 
because Trump's getting cash from this country, but right. not from that? Or is that a question, or is that a decision that was made thinking about the American right. public? Um, but to your point, I, I think it is appropriate um, for Congress to investigate, and again, use the investigative tools. Like, we as, uh, as Democrats, faced with somebody who wants to get rid of the rule of law, have a special responsibility to investigate and learn all the facts. And uh, as I have said before, I think Congress should um, investigate uh, to discover whether there is uh, um, impeachable offense in this okay. case. Can you talk about who you're running against and why people should vote for you? Well, I have a history of um, being really independent. And one of the most important um, parts of the job of the Attorney General in New York is being independent from Albany, being independent from real estate, right. being independent from Wall Street, and being independent from the federal government. Um, I will be the lawyer for the people, and that means being willing to investigate without fear or favor, regardless of whether somebody is a uh, business owner, car wash owner scamming his workers, or a real bigwig, even in the Democratic Party. Right. And I have shown through uh, throughout my career that I'm willing to stand up and speak out. Um, I also have this long history of being steeped in constitutional law right. and anti-corruption law, and we have a constitutional crisis and an anti-corruption crisis. Great timing. Thank God for small favors for your campaign. Um, and also something that, you know, you ran against Cuomo in the primary, and something that we have to remember is that obviously Trump is awful and in some ways unprecedented, but we also have Democrats who are doing bad things too. Well, when Trump came along, New York should be the living counter-argument to Trump, a progressive state with no corruption scandals, with no sexual assault and harassment scandals. Instead, we right. got caught in this moment of weakness, and we as a state can't be that living counter-argument until we clean house. Yeah. We got to clean house in Albany. It has been too many politicians grandstanding on cleaning up Albany, and then more folks going to jail, and then more legal corruption, where we just see a kind of pay-to-play culture. And uh, we are not going to clean house in Albany um, unless we have an independent AG. Great. Thank you so much, Zephyr Teachout. How can people find you online? Uh, Zephyr for New York, Zephyr4NY.com. Um, I'm on Twitter. Come follow, volunteer, petition. We're a grassroots, bottom-up, uh, people power campaign. Great. And, oh, of course, you, are, you have a bump now. So uh, how's that doing? Is that, is that holding you back? Is that weighing you down? No, it's pulling me forward. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yes. center of gravity. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk about that. Okay. Time. Thanks again so much. Thanks, TYT. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you later.